Hello and welcome to episode number 25 of News of the Nerd, a podcast where we talk about movies, TV shows, video games, comic books and anything else remotely nerdy. I am Ben and I'm here with my brother slash co-host, Jason. Hello. Hi. How are you doing? I'm all right. You're glad to be back. Yes. It's been a minute. It's been three weeks, more than a minute. It's been it's been nearly a month, yeah. Your concept of time scares me. If you think that's a minute, it's. It, I, I think just uh, talking about Secret Invasion so much just broke us. We needed a break. I just needed to stop hearing your voice. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but that does mean we've got some things to talk about. Things that uh, things that have happened. Things that have come out in those intervening weeks. We've also got things that we've not discussed while we've been talking about Secret Invasion. So I think the plan for today is to we've got lots of little things to discuss. So we'll we'll do lots of short segments on a lot of different topics. So what have you got first? I I have a couple of bits of news and things like that. Okay, I mean, I've not seen um, a lot of news because obviously the writers are on strike, the actors are on strike. Not a lot is being announced because the actors aren't doing any publicity work. So, like, if the actors weren't it striking... Seems, it seems like the companies themselves have taken it upon themselves to do said promoting. Well, no, because if the actors weren't striking, we might have had fantastic forecasting announcements by now. But they don't want to do that while the actors themselves are not going to do any interviews yeah. or any any promotion. Uh, there's there's not really many new projects being announced, uh, and things are getting pushed back because there's no red carpet. There's no uh, there's no red carpet interviews. There's no there's there's just nothing like that happening. Do you want me to start with my news about the writer and actors guild then? Go on, man. <laughs> so, it's very long, so I will cut it down uh, considerably. Yeah, give but us the give us the bullet points. The AMPTP had talks with the Writers Guild of Which America, is... the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. So basically, it's it's Hollywood. Yeah. Okay. They are Hollywood. So they had talks with the Writers Guild of America. Yeah. Um, and those talks failed to make any progress. Yeah. So I, I think that's, I, that's basically like the last two months condensed. We've been having so talks, but we've not got anywhere. I have the email that the, the guys from the Writers Guild of America sent to everyone in the guild. Okay. It's very long, so this is what I'm cutting down. So at start, it just made a few names said they had a meeting. Um, and then, so a little bit further down, they say, our intention after the confidential meeting was to send a simple email to you all, letting you know we would get back to you when there was more specific information about resuming negotiations. However, before the negotiating committee even had chance to meet, our communications department began hearing uh, from the trades, asking for comment uh, on studio-leaked rumours of the contents of the confidential meeting. This is after the AMPTP spent so much of the meeting emphasizing the need for a press blackout. So, so they've had a confidential meeting. Right. They've agreed. They the AMPTP has said we need a press blackout for yep. this. 
getting sorted. Um, as soon as the meeting's ended, they've gone to press. It sounded like it sounded like from what you just read that before the meeting even started, did you not say? Yes. So it it started before the meeting, but they went back afterwards because the traders who essentially are the press um, knew of stuff that had been discussed in the meeting. Wait, no, no, no. That, that's re, re, just just read that read that sentence again. That started, however. However, before the negotiating committee even had a chance to meet, our communications department began hearing from the trades asking for comments on studio leak rumours of the contents of the confidential meeting. Okay. Negotiating committee met. Not not the Okay. So not the, the way- meeting, it was the Writers Guild of America's negotiating committee to talk okay. about what they talked about, if that makes sense. Yeah. So the way I understood that at first was that before the meeting had even happened they had already decided what they were going to say and had already leaked it. Okay, so d- does it go into details about what those yes. discussions were? Yes. So um, so after they said all that, they said, since the studios are leaking to the press, we need to let you know what was said in the meeting. Fair. So they were, like, so they were basically like, seeing us they're leaking it, fuck it, here's what we said. Um, and the, they want a deal. So well, it was course. mentioned. It was mentioned that both parties want a deal. It is in everyone's interest. The writers yeah. and the actors need to be working again. The writers, especially, have been striking for a long time now. That you know, they, they need to start making money. Yeah. Otherwise, this is people's this is people's homes that are going to end up on the line if they uh, they can't start yeah, to. Because landlords aren't going to give a shit. Yeah, they need to be able to pay landlords rent. They need to be able to pay mortgages. Lawyers. <laughs> so they said. So what's someone from the AMPTP is who's called Carol, Carol Lombardini. Okay. That's her name. And she said that they're willing to increase the offer on a few writer-specific TV minimums and okay. willing to talk about AI, but that they were not willing to engage on the preservation of the writer's room or success-based residuals. She did not indicate willingness to address screenwriter issues and many of the other proposals that remain on their list. Well, that that doesn't sound... This is going to go on for a while because one of the main issues is the residuals. Yeah, it's the residuals and it's AI. This does not sound like a lot of progress is being made. To say how long they have been striking. But the, the trouble is, the studios are going to be able to afford to hold out longer than the writers that is the sad truth of it is that eventually these writers are going to have to start writing again because we're going to have to have an income they've said um so the the far last part of that basically is even this carol three times during the meeting said people just want to get back to work um but they end with your committee remains willing to engage with the companies and resume negotiations in good faith to make a fair deal for all writers even with this early confirmation that the amptp playbook continues but rest assured this committee does not intend to leave anyone behind or make merely an incremental deal to conclude this strike in solidarity wga negotiating committee yeah, yeah. There, there's got to be real changes to to the contracts, otherwise this just isn't going to end. Um, and just to throw a bit of gasoline on the fire, 
um, AMPTP responded to this. Okay. So they they responded later saying that Friday's meeting was to determine whether we have a willing bargaining partner. It went on to add that the WGA bargaining committee's rhetoric is unfortunate. This strike has hurt thousands of people in this industry, and we take that very seriously. Our only playbook is getting people back to work. Is it though? Yeah, and I I genuinely think I, I I don't know if it's just you know the circles that I'm in online, but you, you do end up in like an echo chamber sometimes. But it is definitely my perception from what I've read that most people are on the side of the strikers and not the studios. Yeah, I think people know that the studios have too much power and too much money, and I I, I don't think. If they're wanting to turn this back on the writers and you know say that their rhetoric is, is unfortunate, I don't think that's going to play well for them in the public eye. It's it's like they got annoyed that it, it is it, they got annoyed that the WGA released the contents of the meeting after they did it anyway, even though it had already been leaked. But yeah, they it released does... it to the public. Not it does press. sound uh, it does sound pretty passive aggressive, doesn't it? <laughs> it's funny though, because it's it's just stupid. Um, I just like that our only playbook is getting people back to work. If that was your only playbook, you would just agree to everything. Yeah, that's not how negotiations work, though. So on the back of this, and something that we probably saw coming, and. It's probably going to start happening a lot more. So Prime Video has cancelled a league of their own and the peripheral um, due to the ongoing strikes. Yeah. Which felt like a matter of time until this started happening. The peripherals, the peripheral was a really good show. I enjoyed it season one. I don't think I watched it. Was that the thing with um, yeah. Chloe Grace Moretz? Yep. I really enjoyed it. You should uh, said yeah it. before I even knew. I should have said someone completely different. I knew what you were going to say. Is, is that the thing with, uh, yep, the Che Guevara in it, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Muhammad Ali. Oh, yeah, 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 that one. <laughs> A League of Their Own, never really watched, but I know it is massive, and obviously it moved over to Prime, didn't it? I don't really... It, it, the, the only A League of Their Own that I know is the, Unless like, I'm being really stupid. That That's the sports... Panel that's quiz what show. I that, assume. That's not, no, that's not no, the same no, League of no, Their Own, is it? No, it's not. No, it is not. I, I so, didn't so think this it would be. It's a show about women's baseball. Oh, okay. Which yeah. I, I, yeah, I did not know of. But the peripheral, <laughs> I really enjoyed. But it, should, it just shows that it's starting to make hits this strike in yeah. terms of. And a lot of things are being pushed back. Um, I did see. I haven't. It's when it get pushed back so far that they just go, let's scrap it. I haven't seen it yet. We are planning on watching it and doing an episode. But Blue Beetle is out. I have seen that there is no Aquaman trailer in front of Blue Beetle. That's meant to be coming out in November. So you would expect an Aquaman two trailer, unless Warner Brothers are expecting that they are going to have to push that back as well, which yeah. wouldn't surprise me. Some good news, though, is I have two dates for two TV shows that are coming and being released. Well, 
I have a partial date and a full date. I know one, uh, Rick and Morty. That is one of them. Um, uh, the 15th of November. No. No, uh, October. October. I, yeah. I don't know my dates. It's because it's an American day. It's 10.15 and my brain just went, eh. Yeah. This is interesting, though, because animation is one of the things that is least affected because the animators, I think a lot of animators are not unionized anyway, and they aren't, even the ones that are, I know the the Harley Quinn animators recently unionized, but they're not part of the same union. Uh, as as the actors and the, the voice actors um voice acting i don't think comes under the uh sagafra so animation is one of the things that can keep going i am surprised they still haven't announced the new voices of rick and morty had you seen the twitter post which the twitter post there are many it's not called twitter anymore it's called x yeah i refuse <laughs> Um, so it's the Twitter account for Rick and Morty that's verified. Yeah. Um, not that that actually means shit anymore. And it's also a gold tick, not a blue tick. And Elon Musk is my number one enemy. But also a, a gold tick, though. A gold tick, I think, does mean. Oh, does it? Does that mean yeah. actually verified? I think so. Okay. Elon oh. Musk pr- probably made sure that Rick and Morty were verified just because he's in an episode. <laughs> Elon Musk needs help he needs to learn a thing or two from elon tusk wow wow anyway the post says so it's by rick and morty we ride together we died together we're buried in the backyard together rick and morty season seven is coming to adult swim 10 10 15 and it's cool it's a cool poster it's the uh bad boys yeah style um the animation on it looks weird, like the on the poster. Yeah, yeah, because it's a drawing a rather than... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just looks weird. I mean, or... I guess it's always a drawing, but yeah. <laughs> okay, what's what's your other date? Um, so, it's not a date, it's a year. <laughs> okay. It's all we've got. So, the Fallout TV series, uh, Amazon Prime have confirmed. Um, so, they said, look... Vault 33, location, Los Angeles, uh, coming to uh, Fallout, an original series, coming to Prime Video in 2024. Okay, that's so cool. So we'd, we'd, we'd heard like rumours um, flitting about, um, but yeah, they've confirmed Fallout in 2024. Yeah. So in that, the cast is now coming together, and it also Ella Pernell, who recently starred in Yellow Jackets, who does she will, put in yellow jackets? Will lead the series. So she, Ella Pernell, oh, plays just, Jackie. Jackie's, Jackie's the, 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 no spoilers, but she's the blonde one, yeah? Yes. Okay. The, 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 the sh- yeah. 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 And it looks like Bethesda Studios are actually having involvement in the TV show. I mean, that's... Is, it's that, kind of cool. That's hopeful, yeah. It's kind of that the actual company that helps with the game... Yeah, I, you know, historically, video game adaptations don't tend to be great. Hopefully, they're going to learn a thing or two from how The Last of Us. How often have there been TV shows, though? Maybe that's the thing. Maybe games just don't work as movies. 
I think quite often too not, condensed not, because games tend to be, especially story based games, they are hours and hours and hours longer than movies, and a lot of that might just be like traveling and and it's not actual story based stuff, so that can be cut down. But a lot of the time when you're traveling, they're talking. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. Things are happening that filling blanks in. Which is so, what happened on The Last of Us. Like, a yeah. lot of the dialogue from that is just dialogue that's... It's not from a cutscene. It's just from while Joel and Ellie are actually travelling. Yeah, so maybe it's just that games don't work as movies. It's too condensed, unless you're going to do a saga. But, but can, I think can quite you name often... one game that's been turned into a movie but it's been successful? That's been successful? Yeah. Like... Super Mario it. Brothers was successful. It doesn't mean it was good. Okay, okay. But it's been good. I mean, there, there must be some. I can't think of one right now, but there must because be the, some. I don't think there is one. No, I had I had such high hopes for Assassin's Creed, and I, I was really that, disappointed I think that broke that. my heart a little bit, but I yeah. still watch it just <laughs> over and over again just because it is Assassin's Creed. But no, off the top of my head, I can't think of... Tomb Raider? You know, I haven't seen it. Do you know what? Oh, well, I've, I've seen the Angelina Jolie Tomb Raider films. Yeah. I've not seen the new one. Better than the Angelina Jolie ones. I bet it's a very different vibe to the Angelina Jolie ones. Because you can't really make films that are that kind of... Uh... I mean, I don't want to say cheesy. I guess it's bordering on cheesy. But everything needs to be taken seriously these days. Yeah, it's, it has got a more serious feel. Prince of Persia was an okay film. Yeah, it wasn't bad. But again, I, I always feel well, like... Well, imagine if it were a series. Yeah. I always feel like the filmmakers, I don't know if they like panic. Or, it, it always feels like they dumb down video games a bit when they're, uh, when, when they're adapting them. Yeah. So the the, the date that I'd seen was I Am Groot Series 2. They released a short trailer for it. Uh, The Watcher is in there. Okay. Which is cool. The Watcher just watching Groot Groot in around. Uh, That is coming out very shortly. That's coming out on the 6th of September. And the entire season lasts for 15 minutes. Okay. Right. That's so... Things significantly short. Uh, it's the, fun. The, the last thing I had is just that the Scott Pilgrim trailer teaser trailer was out. Yeah, so I was surprised. Fucking amazing. Yeah, but I I assumed when this was announced and it was announced that it is the the movie cast returning, I assumed this was a sequel to the the story of the film and yeah. also the story of the books, but it's not. It it's looks like they are they are retelling the story and from the looks of it being much more faithful to the books, which I have nearly finished reading, by the way. I know um, you, your, your friend lent them to me to read. And I, yes, like, I, I have friends. Yeah, I have I have been reading them. I think I've got one or two more to, to go and they are fantastic. I'm very excited for this because this comes out on Netflix on November 17th. Cool. I feel like we're getting through the year very fast. I know. I mean, what else is November? Is is the Marvels, I think, is November? Yes. And Doctor Who's 60th anniversary episodes are 
the first one at least is going to be in November. I don't know yeah. if they're going to cross over into December, but they have also announced the return of Christmas specials. That was always like a highlight of Christmas was Doctor Who, and then they moved them to New Year for some reason. Uh, do you know what Doctor Who Christmas episode Christmas specials were a highlight of Christmas Day until I was at the age of I was able to drink. Next thing you just drink and watch Doctor Who because I was I didn't make it that that, that far. Well, that, that's a rookie mistake. <laughs> you need to pace yourself. You have a. You I have was a, on the floor by Doctor Who. You have a can of Carlin for breakfast. And you pace yourself through the day. You watch you watch Doctor Who and uh, what else is on on Christmas Day? Call the Midwife and Downton Abbey, probably. I can't remember. <laughs> oh, God, that sounds so sad. I mean, you, you know... I mean, the not... Doctor Who's fine, but the Call the Midwife and Downton Abbey, that's just taking Christmas Day to, like, such a mellow mood. <laughs> ben, Ben, I, I mean this with 100% sincerity. Downton Abbey fucking slaps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't stop turning all Gen Z on me. <laughs> what do you mean? It slaps. Uh, well, I, I think that's that's young person lingo for it is good. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but like, just it... I think sometimes. Do you know? I always said I was a mo- I enjoyed movies more. Yeah. I think I just I've been lying to myself for years. Well, movies movies and TV shows historically have been very different, but it has it's changed now that a lot of TV shows are basically like extra long movies and TV shows now have can have similar budgets to movies and are allowed to do a lot more by the networks. I feel like it's when I'm watching a movie, yeah, it's great and I'm like encumbered by it is that the word I, 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 no now, it's not rephrase i'm consumed by it like that's yeah. all i'm thinking about is that you're, you're encumbered like it feels really heavy it's because i've been playing uh, Baldur's gate and just getting encumbered all the time <laughs> um, oh that, that's something i i always ignore when playing Dungeons and Dragons. I, I do not do encumberment rules because... Oh my God, well, it's you can, so annoying. You, I am not counting the weight of every sodding gold piece. You can have as much gold and as many weapons as you want. I don't give a fuck. The amount of gold I currently have, and bear in mind I'm at Endgame in it. Yeah. By the way, just quick side note, the best fucking game I've ever played in my life. I can't wait to play it. Um... The amount of gold I have weighs like thirty kilograms. So can you not like? Can I you have, go to? A... I ha- I have like twenty five grand. Can you go to a bank and trade in all your gold pieces for platinum pieces so that it weighs less? No, it's just gold. You just just have gold. Oh, okay. So they don't have like gold pieces and silver pieces and copper pieces and no. Okay. You can get like gold bars but you trade them in for for gold <laughs> for gold um but yeah, i just that... have so much i'm like what do i buy that's something so i've been i've been dming a dungeons and dragons campaign it's a, a pre-written campaign the lost minds of Fandelva, and quite often in the guide it's like if the players search this particular place they will find 
this many gold pieces and this many copper pieces and this many silver pieces. And I'm just like, uh, you, you find, I don't know, like 30 gold pieces each because I'm not fucking about with all those smaller de- denominations of coins. Just there, like, fuck it, you find 10. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a few times I, I, I've been like, oh, that's about a uh, hundred gold pieces. And there's three players. So we're like, well, that doesn't split evenly. So can we have like, 150 gold pieces. You're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not how it works. I've told the story. You can't yeah. unwrite it. You can have, instead of 33.3 gold pieces each, you can have 34 gold pieces each. But yeah, so in terms of movies, I get consumed by them while I'm watching them, but after I don't give a shit, like after I've watched it. I think it depends. Unless, it? unless it was like a completely out of this world movie. But do you know TV series? I've noticed that I literally can't stop thinking about it. If it's they, a good series, I can't stop thinking about it, even when I'm not watching it. Again, I think it depends what it is, though. But like, if you think back to like um, g- growing up, like some of my favorite shows were things like uh, I don't know, Star Trek Voyager. I was really into, but they are there. Like it has an overarching story across the entire show, but week by week, it is not focusing on that story. Ninety-eight percent of the episodes, it is mostly a story each week. And so I think you do get a bit less, um, you know, you might be engrossed for about 45 minutes while you're watching it, but but as a whole, the rest of the week, you're not going to be thinking about it the same because you're not thinking, oh, you know, I wonder how they get out of that one. I wonder how they resolve this issue or because it's resolved within the episode. Yeah. I, I, I always hold up Buffy as like the primo example of how to do TV. Because TV is a different medium to film and should be treated as a different medium. One of my pet peeves, as anyone who's listened to uh, a good number of, of these podcast episodes will know, is TV shows that are basically one long story and then they've just cut it into hour-long chunks. And that was something that always annoyed me about the Netflix Marvel shows. I... I I really liked most of those shows, but I wished they felt more episodic. Buffy the Vampire Slayer managed that so well that the story was always part of the ongoing narrative. But also, each episode always had its own story within that. And that that is how you should do TV. I think, so what I'm watching at the minute is Vampire Diaries. Because I watched the originals like a while ago, which is a sequel to it. Yeah, it's like spin-off, isn't it? Yeah. And I love the originals. And I, for some reason, I always tried to watch Vampire Diaries, but I think I watched it when I was like, ah, I've got no else to watch. Let me start this. And then I just kind of gave up. So I actually started watching it, paying attention, and I cannot stop watching it. But it feels like that. The, the story is continuous throughout. But each episode does feel... Yeah, episodic, and it's it is so good. And I'm only on season two. Yeah, and it's something that the best shows still do well, like things like Better Call Since... Saul. Better Call Saul, I swear, like so many people, like everyone watched Breaking Bad, 
And so many people I know watch I Breaking didn't. Bad and love Breaking Bad and have never watched Better Call Saul. But I swear to God, Better Call Saul is one of the best TV shows I have ever watched. And at its height, Better Call Saul is a lot better than Breaking Bad. And I love Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad was great. But just the quality of the writing and the dialogue in Better Call Saul is fantastic. And it still always felt episodic. Even though it is it is always part of an ongoing narrative, it still felt episodic. And but, to, I, I think this is a good segue into The Witcher. I know you've not finished this latest series of The Witcher, no, I've have not. you? So, Mainly because it's made me very angry. I mean, I'll try not to ruin it too much, but um, basically it is a disappointment because the first... Have you watched it all? Two, yeah, yeah, I've finished it. Okay. So it's, up to now, The Witcher has always been great, and it has been one of these shows that has always felt like each episode has its own story. And they seem to have just done away with that, this series. Like, it does not feel anywhere near as episodic. I've seen a lot of people online are very annoyed that it has diverted from the books. I don't give a fuck about that. I've never read the books. If the story is still good, it does not matter how closely it sticks to the books as long as it is still good. But I think that's why the stories fell apart. Because on the first two seasons, they had the books to go by. So they... They worked at it really well, but they've gone off of the books and just gone, uh, we'll do this, we'll do well, that. And I think a lot of it in the first two... I, I, don't, I don't think that is the reason it hasn't worked, though. They could have they could have diverted from the books and it's still been good. I think that each like season... Like, it is not one a, or the other. Each season... Like season one and two had a thing for me. Like, season one, it was the time thing that made it so encapturing. Do you know what I mean? The fact that you had no clue until a certain part that these were all at different times and then you start catching on. Yeah, I think I realised that sooner than most people did. That, that Yeah, there, there are times when Geralt is, it, 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 it attends something that then Siri in her story is being told about as something long yeah, yeah. past. And then you're like, oh, and, and, shit. And, and it all, all clicks into place. You're like, oh, okay, this all makes a lot more sense now. But Geralt's story is happening over like a massive time frame. And uh, Yennefer's story is happening over like a lifetime, maybe, maybe not even quite that long, but still maybe a decade is Yennefer's story. Series is like and, six and, weeks. <laughs> and yes, yeah, Siri's story is much more condensed. And, uh, you know, it it's not a. Uh, comparison that you would expect to make but it is a lot like the uh, Christopher Nolan Dunkirk film have you seen Dunkirk yeah there's three stories and I think one of them is one hour one of them is one day and one of them is one week and then there's like that point where they just overlap yeah and it's like oh shit but Um, this one it felt a lot less episodic I'd it also it doesn't focus on Geralt nearly as much. No, it feels like there are a lot more different stories being pulled into it, and I don't. And I don't know if part of this is just it's been a while since the last series, and I'd kind of forgot 
who a lot of the characters are and what they're trying to achieve, but I didn't understand a lot of people's motivations. I don't know what they were trying to achieve or what everyone's end goal was or why. And it's, I didn't really diluted. care. I didn't really care what people's motivations were because it, it just it didn't it didn't capture me in the same way. Um the, but what's there is one thing in it that I have to give credit for, and it, obviously I've only seen up to now, is without giving away spoilers, in the like bathhouse, right, with Jennifer and Siri, and that dialogue, that was very powerful. And on the whole, the quality of the dialogue was like it, and and I I am a nerd for good dialogue. I love good dialogue, and I think that's why I loved Better Call Saul so much because the dialogue is like meticulously crafted. I always think good dialogue and good conversation in film and in TV is like a meticulously crafted fight choreography. It's like the back and forth jabs and and you know it's not just oh they're thinking this so this is what they'll say like it, every every word is thought about and and oh is there a better way we can say that and and the witcher just doesn't have that and so this is a small spoiler you probably haven't seen this yet because it's towards the end but there is an episode where siri is lost in the desert and that is pretty much the episode she's kind of on her own in the desert um there is I'm, i'm sorry to keep comparing the two but it is what it is what came to mind while i was watching it there's an episode of Better Call Saul where Saul is with Mike, you know, um, obviously you've not watched Breaking Bad, but Mike from Breaking Bad uh, and Saul, they are in the desert on their own. And just the contrast between the two, because that episode of Better Call Saul is one of the best episodes of one of the best TV shows ever made. And it was like a proper deep dive into character. Whereas this episode of The Witcher, it felt like that's what it was trying to do, a deep dive into character, and it just ended up being mind-numbingly dull. It is, I think, the worst episode of The Witcher. Statement. Yeah, like, the, like I say, it's just, it, it, it's what sprang to mind was like, this, this is what you can do when you segregate your character and they're alone and helpless and just, trying to survive and potentially facing death like the 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 better call Saul episode is what you can do with that situation and the witcher episode is like how you squander that situation to tell us pretty much nothing like you get some narrative exposition but there's no character exposition in there and without the character exposition then who cares? Like yeah. that was the issue with Secret Invasion, wasn't it? Like there's there's plenty of narrative things that happen. You know, there are cool things that happen in it, but without us diving deep into the characters, why do and we making care? us actually care about them? Exactly. We need we need to, we need to empathize and connect with the characters. Yes. To then go, oh fuck no, like we then start feeling their emotion when things happen. Yeah. And I think that's that's what makes those shows good. Yeah. And like that is... It's what Buffy does. 
it, it is what Buffy does. It's and what? At, at, at the risk of turning this into a Better Call Saul episode. Oh, God, here we like, go again. Well, the, the Breaking Baddy verse as a whole is full of... Is that what it's called, Breaking Baddy? Breaking Bad verse. <laughs> yeah. Why not? It's uh, given baddy. The, the 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 better call baddy verse. I don't know. How would you? <laughs> but yeah, as a whole, it, it's, no, it's... Do you know what? From a Gen, P, Gen Z perspective, it sounds like you're talking about a really fit girl is like <laughs> better call baddy. <laughs> oh, is that what it's a like baddie a rap. is? A baddie's like, oh, she a baddie, my gal. That that sounded a bit racist, Ben. Did it? <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Um, but that that universe that those those two shows and the uh, El Camino movie, they are full of bad people. They are full of people that you should hate. That the show makes likable and makes you root for, just because they are well written. Yeah, I think. And that, that is a skill, that is a talent. Have you ever watched Vampire Diaries? No. Because I know you're not into like the whole vampires, werewolves, witches, things, really, are you? I, I mean, yeah. It it just never, that, that one never appealed to me. I think it was just at the time where, yeah. at, like, the, the, that was out and Twilight was out and it did kind of feel like vampires had been, like, diluted. Yeah. Because, I like, think... so, something else I absolutely loved were, uh, certain seasons of True Blood. Like True Blood, I think like the first two seasons and then the final season. That's on, that's on my are, list. They are great shows. Uh, but yeah, there, there did become a point where vampires were just turned into like tween heartthrobs. I think they have took a break from it. And that's why... But there's... Do you, do you know the premise of it? I know that it's about vampires. Right. Okay. So, spoilers for anyone that hasn't watched it and is intending to, but it came in, it came out in like two thousand and eight. So, shut the fuck yeah. up. I feel we we shouldn't have to preface <laughs> that with spoilers. So the the main vampires are Damon and Stefan, who are brothers. Um, and like the other main characters, Lena, who's dating Stefan. Well, Stefan and Damon both dated her ancestor, like wait, a hundred and fifty years ago who she looks exactly like. Okay. And it's the traditional, Stefan's, Stefan's the good vampire, do you know what I mean? He only feeds on animals, um, like doesn't like to kill people and actually has emotions and empathy. Yeah. Damon's the dickhead. Okay, so it's Angel and Spike, I'm with you. Yes, but what happens to Buffy? <laughs> what happens to Buffy um, with, I mean, with she... them two? I love Triangle. Yeah, and it's the exact same in Vampire Diaries, and it's <laughs> fucking annoying because you, you're just there like Damon flirts with her and he's in love with Elena, and you're just like, I don't want you to ever like touch her. Like, I mean, it, it's the same kind of thing they that make happens. You like him. It's the same kind of thing that happens in uh, in True Blood. Like the person that starts off as like the villain ends up being one of the most likable characters. Like, uh, I don't want to like him and I don't want them to get together, but it's like it's like the writers force you to like yeah. him. Not even in big chunks, like one sentence, one bit of dialogue, and you'll go, mm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yes, yeah. 
it's like Baldur's Gate um, and D&D, you know, like people's attitude to your, towards your player. Yeah. Like in that sort of game where you've got to build up the relationship to be able to say certain things and have different connections. It's like it's like that, that the TV show, you just like it a little bit more every now and again. I feel like you've been playing too much Baldur's Gate. If that's, I feel like you're just going to compare every, everything's a bit like you know in I'm Baldur's like 182 Gate. 182 hours on Baldur's Gate. Like you know in, in Baldur's Gate, how you have to eat. It, it's like that. I'm going to have my dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at 182 hours on Baldur's Gate. My brain cannot take much else. Half my brain is on Vampire Diaries because I've been binging it. Half my brain is on Baldur's Gate. Yeah. Like, I can't believe you've been binging Vampire Diaries for like the entirety of this podcast. You have been banging on about how much you're looking forward to The Witcher coming back and you've not finished it yet. Because I started watching it and it's pissed me off. <laughs> anyway, um, so something else I want to talk about is a film I have finally seen. And it's only now that it's been released on digital and I have watched The Flash. I haven't. So we we made the decision before this came out that we were not going to do an episode on The Flash, and we were not going to support it while it was in cinemas. So all of this is getting cut out. (laughs) No, I mean, it's no longer in cinemas. It has officially flopped. I feel like it is safe to talk about, and... Safe. Yeah, it is safe for, for us to talk about and maintain... FBI just crashes through the yeah. door like, no! It's safe for us to talk about and maintain our uh, morals because we said we weren't going to support it and we didn't. Uh, and it is better than I expected it to be. Get out. Honestly, it is a funny film. Like, it's it's not brilliant, it's not groundbreaking, it's not doing anything new really surely that cgi running scene ruins the whole thing it is basically a lot of it is just nostalgia bait but it is it is you fell for it but it is a fun film to watch and nostalgia when done well you know is not a particularly bad thing but yet like story-wise it is very lacking like you're a traitor the whole the whole like it, it starts off with him basically being like oh i could i i I could go back and and save my mum and bruce wayne goes no don't do that you fucking idiot in those words yeah and and then and then it comes up with a way that actually he can go back in time save his mum's life without directly interacting with her and so he does that gets stuck in the past the very first thing he does is go and have dinner with his mum but rookie mistake. Yeah, like like it is literally Everyone like Everyone knows don't touch the butterfly. It is it is minutes after him being like, Oh, I can do this without directly interacting with my mum, and then just does it straight away. But then ignores her for the rest of the film up until like the final five minutes. Like to, to save a whole film is about him saving his mum. She is in it very, very little. But it it is a fun film. Ezra Miller, you know, it isn't a surprise to no one that Ezra Miller can act. It's such a shame that they went off the deep end the way that they did because, you know, they could have had a very promising career. 
Um, and I guess still mine if they manage to, you know, repair their reputation. But who knows if that will happen. Fix their mental issues. But, but the, the, there is basically two Barry Allens in this film. And Ezra plays them both very differently. Like, they look slightly different, but even if they did, you could tell who was meant to be who just from the mannerisms. And and I think that's, you know, that, that is talent, that is skill. But it, it is like in Moon Knight when you're like, you can always tell when he's being uh, Stephen and when he's being Tother One. Tother One? Yeah. Mark. Yeah. I'm Stephen Guan. I'm Stephen Guan. Not uh, Mark, you bastard! Um, the other thing it kind of reminds me of is Orphan Black. If you've ever watched that, you can I always didn't. you can always tell which clone Tatiana Maslany is being just just from the mannerisms, even it, though they are all identical. Is it like what happened know. to Wednesday? Is, it, is that the name of on? Uh oh! Whatever happened to Monday? Was it called or Tuesday? Wednesday? Thursday? Wednesday. Friday? Well, it's Wednesday. <laughs> I'm sure it's Wednesday. Yeah, uh, maybe you can tell which it's, one it is. But it's been a, a long time since I watched that film. It it wasn't fantastic. It was okay, but no, the, the Flash is it, it is a fun film. Like I said, it's doing nothing groundbreaking. Uh, a, a lot of the. A lot of the things that happen are, you know, they're tropes that we've seen done time and time again. And most of the CG is abysmal. But that that isn't particularly important to me. Like I always say a game doesn't have to have great graphics to be a I'm great sorry, game. I'm sorry, you can't you can't you can't not bitch about the CGI when you bitched about Modoc. Yeah. So if you bitched about Modoc, you need to bitch about I mean, the Flash. I am, I am saying, but Modoc was not the issue with that film. Okay, like I, the simplest terms I, I can Modoc was an issue with that film. That could Modoc could have looked exactly the same, and that being a really good film, that would not have ruined it. And the CGI in the Flash did not ruin the Flash. That there was you know, so you, you mentioned. A particular running scene like me and my wife did just kind of look at each other and be like what the fuck like no effort has been put into that and it, it reminded me of the big bang theory episode where sheldon's imagining being the flash and i think it looked better in the big bang theory than it did on the flash which is saying something i think that scene reminds me of when you try and run underwater do you know as a kid and you're a pool in a pool and you go underwater yeah. and you're like running 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 I think yeah. that's what it reminds me of. Because he is he is running like kind of slow motion, and and the background is just whizzing past him. So it is like his legs don't look like they're moving fast. It looks like he's making like massive strides, like covering an entire town in a single stride. <laughs> the CGI on the the the, the cameos. So I think everyone knows by now there is I won't ruin what the cameos are, but there is a scene at the very end that has a lot of cameos in it. And the CGI on those cameos is absolutely terrible. It's very like sly cameos though, isn't it? In like a few seconds each. Um yeah, but they are very obvious. 
Yeah. Like, it's not like blink and you'll miss it. It is like, we will zoom in on this cameo and look at this person that you remember. And now we're going to zoom in on this one and look at this person that you remember. It, it is very in your face. And it it reminded me of the, the Illuminati kind of in Doctor Strange. Right. In that it is just like a scene of... Look, with all these cameos, I always think that would have worked a lot better in Doctor Strange if it had been cameos dotted through the film, like one in each different universe, and we get to all these different universes, and there's a cameo in each one. Well, but it's not the, the, that they... was the one defining factor about Doctor Strange is that it wasn't a multiverse yeah. madness, it was two multiverses. Um, and uh, so instead they cram them all into one scene, and they do the same in The Flash, they cram them all into one scene. But it didn't feel it felt it felt soulless, and I think maybe part of that is because the CGI was so bad. But oh, it's because they sold the soul to make the movie. Well, the the Arrowverse did the did Crisis on Infinite Earths, and that was absolutely chock full of cameos. So, like a, any. Any DC Comics property that had been on screen was represented in some way or another. Like Burt Ward was in there, the original, like the, the Robin from the 60s Batman. Um, and like Lucifer was in there for a scene. And the entire film was just chocked, the entire show was chocked full of cameos. But it that felt like they were paying homage to all these different shows and films that had come before. Whereas in the flash it felt like i said it felt soulless it felt like a cash grab it felt like they put them in just because they can and like i said nostalgia and so i really didn't like that scene because it felt like it felt like uh characters and actors that i loved growing up and the, the films that i love were just being used for uh a cheap thrill rather than being paid respect to. But on the whole, it is a much funnier film than I expected. It is, you mentioned Ant-Man and the Wasp. It is a better film than Ant-Man and the Wasp. If if you've not watched Secret Invasion and you're wondering whether you should watch Secret Invasion or The Flash, seriously, watch The Flash. And like, as a Marvel fanboy, you would not expect me to say that, but The Flash is better than Secret Invasion, it is better than Ant-Man and the Wasp. It's it's the, the other big superhero films that have come out this year is uh, Across the Spider-Verse and Guardians of the Galaxy 3. They are both better than The Flash. But yeah, The, the Flash is not as bad as I was expecting it to be from the reviews that came out about it. And I think a lot of people did get hung up on the poor CGI. And some of the CGI, don't get me wrong, it is laughably bad. But that that is not going to ruin a film for me. Like I said, a, a a game with poor graphics. If if it is fun, I, I'm not going to care about the quality of the graphics. And it is the same for for films. Okay, so everyone just make note of uh, forty nine minutes to fifty seven minutes is where we need to cut out because that's where he's talking about the flash. I edit it. Not this day, bitch. Not this day, not this time. <laughs> not, not today. 
Um, okay, so let's move on to something more exciting. The first two episodes of The Soap have been released. They have. So I've, I've watched both of these today. I watched one of them before work, and then I watched the other one on my lunch at work. That was such a bad decision, because the second one is so much better. I mean, I, I don't know from, what it is. Okay. It's to, hard. to be honest, I thought they were both kind of okay. Yeah, they are. And I think... I think what they're doing is kind of... I mean, is it nostalgia? But I don't know if it's old enough for that. Like, do you know Connections to Rebels? Yeah, it is basically... There's so many in there. It is basically a live-action Rebels, isn't it? Like, Yeah, but you've not watched it, have you? Sequ- so I haven't watched Rebels. So I have seen people online saying, you need to have watched Rebels to understand what's going on in Ahsoka. I thought, okay, I'm just going to watch it anyway. And... If that is what you think, if you think people need to have seen Rebels to understand what is going on in this, then you are like massively underestimating people's ability to infer what is happening from context. Like, I do not need to have seen Rebels to know that, okay, Ezra's disappeared and they want to go and find him. Great, that's all I need to know. I don't need to know the details about it to understand what's going on here. I don't need to know who that woman is that they uh, they sprung from a prison at the beginning. I'm assuming she's someone from Rebels. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's all I need to know is that she's a bad guy that Ahsoka caught and has now escaped. I don't need to know the details. So no, I I don't think you need to have seen Rebels I, to watch I don't, this. I don't think it's a need, but I think you might get more of a thrill about seeing these characters in live action if you've watched Rebels. But you don't need to have seen yeah. Rebels. But it, there's also things that you never found in Rebels that it shows in this. So for one, it's really hard to do this without spoilers. Um, spoilers for Re- Rebels. No spoilers for Ahsoka. I think I think we I think we can spoil Ahsoka because it's on Disney Plus now. Okay. If you've not so, watched Ahsoka yet, pause pause the podcast, yeah, go and go watch, watch Ahsoka. It, come come back. back, or you know, if you're not bothered about just spoilers, then you know, keep keep listening. So, um, Sabine Wren in the second episode should have been fucking dead. Bye. She got stabbed through the stomach with a lightsaber. Right. This what, is what the a thing. cop this, out. What a no, cop out. No. This is the thing, and this is what pisses me off about people that aren't like hardcore into Star Wars and literally like just watch Star Wars. So lightsabers. No, fuck off, fuck off with your gatekeeping bullshit. Lightsabers are like burning cop, right? Right. So if you get stabbed, as long as it's not hitting, like, your heart, your lungs, like, things that... Okay, l- let me, like, superheat a metal cauter- rod. It, it's cauterizing yeah. the wound as it goes through, and then they're using sci-fi movie-level medication on her. Let me superheat a metal rod and ram it through your stomach and see how quickly you recover. Uh, Be- like, because I, f- I think it was very careful about where they place that lightsaber stab. Because it's very on her side, where there's no major arteries, 
still, I, I thought at the end of that first episode, I thought, wow, that, that shows balls. They've killed off a major character from Rebels. Like, that is going to piss people off. And then, oh, no, it's just a, a few days in hospital. She's just got a bit of a scar. She's absolutely fine. I mean, they do have, like, Bacta tanks in Star Wars. Well, they didn't but... put her in one of them, did they? You don't know. No, I um, thought I thought that was a cop out. But you don't know in Rebels, like so. Not a, that in Rebels is not really a thing. What isn't? Uh, so the the question is: Is she force sensitive? Because that's not something. I mean, it, it seems to imply that she is. If she is Just... going to be, uh, well, they never say Padawan though, do they? Yes. Do they, I, I, I'm sure Ahsoka, they... call Ahsoka at the very end calls her. She says, oh, okay. she says like when they're going into hyperspace, they say, she says like take us away or whatever. And yeah. then she go, pauses and then goes Padawan. My... Well, she calls her her master. Sabine calls Ahsoka her master at the start of that episode as well. She does. She so does. I, I did, so I did I notice it, that. It, it was a very cool, like from like the start of the episode. Ending. Yeah, the start of it, her calling her master sarcastically. And then at the end of the episode, her calling a Padawan in a serious way. Did you do that on purpose? Starcastically. That's what sarcasm is in Star Wars. It's sarcasm. <laughs> didn't do that on purpose at all. I mean, I know you didn't do that on purpose, but you should play it Shut off like up. you did. <laughs> I'm trying to. You're not allowing me. <laughs> well, I think it is a thing like... If you watched Rebels, this show is better than if you haven't. I mean, possibly, but... I mean, that's I like, the way I feel about and it. I, I didn't struggle to to know what was going on because everything you need is explained and there's even opening... Apart from the fact that the reason Ezra's uh, uh, missing is because he got swallowed by a giant space whale. But like I said, you, you don't really need to know why. You, you know that he's being transported to another galaxy. I mean, that's, that's cool I mean, in itself because as far as I know, Star Wars has never ventured out of the one galaxy. Like it is in a galaxy far away. A long time ago in a, a galaxy far, far away. It's not actually. It's, it's, it's always gone through very different galaxies. There are slight mentions to it um, saying it's it's in the thingy galaxy. Well, no, 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 but no, no, they say system a lot. Like things are in different solar yeah. systems, but a different galaxy is un un mega unexplored regions of space is where he went. So basically what happened is to get rid of Thrawn, Ezra called with the force, he called these giant space whales to swallow him and Thrawn up. So okay, he sacrificed and, himself. And they got Pinocchio'd. Pinocchio'd. Oh, uh, yeah, they got Pinocchio'd. <laughs> yeah, they got Pinocchio'd. That is actually what happened. Cool. Um, what, what I want is like a spin-off show <laughs> that is uh, Admiral Thrawn and Ezra, and it's a sitcom. <laughs> it's like an odd couple sitcom of them just surviving inside a whale <laughs> <laughs> and having to learn to work together and put their differences aside. 
I think one of the cool one of the coolest things from Ahsoka is in the first episode, in the first scene when she does that like force lightsaber spin around to cut a hole. Definitely, it's yeah. The fucking most awesome thing I've ever seen. Yeah, a bit of a pet peeve of mine is that lightsabers in Star Wars are mostly only used as weapons when they are clearly just like really awesomely useful tools in general. And especially when you combine that with them basically having telekinesis. Um, And I just thought that was a great... uh, Something that I liked about the prequel trilogy is that, like, you go back to episode one, right at the beginning of episode one, and they're using their lightsabers to, like, cut through big bulkhead doors. Yeah. And and there's not enough of stuff like that. And especially in the, the original trilogy, they are basically only ever weapons. Yeah, and I think in terms of like them as weapons, the in episode two that battle is just—I know it's a very short lightsaber battle, but it's so much better than in, when in how, episode two. So when Sabine gets stabbed, that's end of episode one. End of episode one. Sorry, end of episode one. I I thought it was it was clever how it was done. Like you could tell that she is not particularly confident with a lightsaber. But you can tell she's got potential. Um, but also, it, it did feel like... I'm not sure... Do we know the, the female Sith's name? It did feel like she was toying with Sabine there. It felt like she could have ended that a lot earlier if she'd wanted to. I... I think maybe the like the opposite... Not that Sabine was toying with the Sith girl, but basically the Sith girl is not as good. Oh, as I disagree. Would seem. That, that's not how it looked to me at all. But honestly, my, my takeaway from these first two episodes is that the, the the coolest thing about it so far is those two Sith, three Sith, two Sith. Feel like the other one's not a Sith; she's a witch. What? The one that Ahsoka fights with. With the double with the dual um staff laser. Uh, lightsaber. when's that? Um when they go to Corellia. He jumps off onto the ship with the apprentice. Okay. Let me just really look at that. He's got like a semicircle lightsaber helmet. Like like a like an inquisitor. Yeah. And he's wearing a mask. Yeah, let me just skip back through it. Because like I was watching it at work. Oh, yeah, so yeah. And that that didn't really register with me as them being Yeah, I guess it is. I I'd kind of because because I was watching this at work. No, they, they definitely do have the force. That is a, a Should person. you be saying that? <laughs> well, no, I, I watched it on my dinner at work in the office. Like, it wasn't a secret. Um, like, I was just sat there watching it. But I, I'd kind of... I, I thought that was a droid, and now that I'm looking at it, that is clearly not. <laughs> a droid can be a Sith. A droid can't have the force, surely. Force doesn't mean Sith. I feel like just as you've got to be Force-sensitive to be a Jedi, you've got to be Force-sensitive to be a Sith. The whole thing about being a Sith is that you tap into the dark side of the Force. 
not necessarily. Sith is like a type of people, like this from the Sith. Like there, it's like there is a Sith homeworld, and people on that homeworld are sometimes full sensitive and sometimes mm. not, but they are still Sith. It's a whole lot of backlog that I'm not going to get into. But I, I stand by what I said, is that the interesting thing about this show was the two Sith. Because this guy is just a, a guy without a face that's got a, a cool-looking lightsaber. But it is the two Sith that were interesting. I mean, you, you, I, I don't think that is the older guy whose name they did mention, but I can't remember who it is. No, I don't think not. that is him, but you don't no, see his not. face, so it could be like. No, it's not. They mentioned that other guy's name. Yeah, I know they do. No, it's in the guy with the mask. Oh, okay, okay. The older guy sends her to go help him. Right, I see, I see. But no, I, I thought, I thought those two, yeah, you know, master and an apprentice of the Sith, there were two of the most compelling characters, and yeah, I want to know more about them. Yeah. I think it's it's one of them where like you want to know. Obviously, he was clearly trained as a Jedi. I, I also really liked so Mary Elizabeth Winstead's in here, uh, who is Ramona Flowers in Scott Pilgrim. I can't remember the character's name, but she's green. Oh, Hera. Yeah, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is playing Hera. I really liked. I mean, she was good, but her droid was better. <laughs> I really liked her droid. Uh, where it's got its little arms and it's doing little like pump fist celebrations and oh, stuff. Chopper. <laughs> yeah. Chopper. Chopper so, is the best part of the Rebel series. Well, I'll have to watch it now. But yeah, like that, the, the fact that was the fun. fact that they had the robot like looking through his drawer, like, have you been going through my stuff? <laughs> I did think. Like, why Why did it take Sabine to be able to, to unlock that thing? Well, basically, she just twiddled three little bits. I feel like you could have just done that with dumb luck. Like, it looked like you, you could have worked that out through process of elimination, just twiddling the different bits you'd have got there eventually. And it would have probably been quicker. I yeah, also thought when she... But yeah, but you also don't know if you get do it wrong, it destroys itself. You don't know if that's going to happen. And Sabine's very good at maps because she's and, a Mandalorian. And the other thing I thought when she got stabbed through the stomach, because apart from thinking she was dead, was to serve your fucking right, you should have stayed on the ship where you were told to stay, and that wouldn't have happened. But yeah, that's that's basically my thoughts on Ahsoka. Do you, do you have do you have anything more you want to really talk about with that? The only thing I want to mention is that so do you know the end credits? Yeah. So Star Wars, all the language on every planet is always the same style, yeah. if you've yeah. noticed. Yeah, yeah. The end credits are different. So obviously, diehard fans have looked into it because obviously there is a massive amount of backlog. It kind of looks like Elvish, like it, it's it's the yeah, it's the map. It's the it's the it's the Apple of Eden that we find. <laughs> the map, yeah, star map. And and it so it's it's clearly like planet names, solar system names, things like that. But it kind yeah. of looks like Elvish from Lord of the Rings. It's actually Urkat, which is the Sith language. Right. So it's the language of the Sith. Um and said language can be translated except for eight letters. There's okay. eight letters which you just can't translate. Um I 
leave that's like just having no one no one gave, made the time to put that into the law um so basically they have gone through and translated everything in that um, is, there, is there anything interesting is it just planet names and things so yeah it's it is just a list of planets but we've heard of a few of them so far so arcana lothal Corellia, cetos and then the final destination which you mentioned uh the old sith guy mentioned being peridia okay but there's a lot of others in there so what i was wondering is are these going to be the the planets that they end up visiting uh a few that you might know on there are mandalore yavin Coruscant, and dathomir are probably the four that you'd know of um and there's also the hyperspace route known as the Corellian Run, um, and one that couldn't be translated. Okay. Just with an ending of under. So I'm just wondering if this is where they're going to be visiting. I mean, some of them could be, yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. I, I wouldn't um, expect them to go to Mandalore, but I, I think that's just in there more Sabine, to tie Sabine into... is a Mandalorian. Yeah, I, I know, I know. That is mentioned. So you could see what happened, what happens with that. But I thought it was just, it was a cool thing that they brought basically a, a new language into it because they always use that like galactic language. Yeah, yeah. Um, Arabesh is the actual name of it. Okay. So is there is there anything else that you've been watching over the last couple of months that we've not talked about because we've been talking about secret invasion that you want to discuss or um, at least mention or well, I was like, any... only murders in the building series three has started but i've only watched episode one but so far it is the same fantastic high standard that you would expect from that show like i that it is so good I've, i know i've told you before to watch it it is so good this latest series as well as the the cast from previous seasons this latest series has got uh, Paul Rudd is now in it, and Meryl Streep is in it, and they are both fantastic. Meryl Streep, especially, like in episode one, like, absolutely blew me away. She was brilliant and fantastic comic presence as well, which is not something you would necessarily associate with Meryl Streep, but she had fantastic comic timing in that that first episode. I've also I've started watching. I've not finished it yet, but the newest season of solar opposites is out uh with a new voice actor taking the role of uh corvo instead of justin roiland corvo's voice is no longer justin roiland it is dan stevens dan stevens i think most people would recognize he is in downton abbey which slaps uh but he's also he, he plays the, the main character i think his name's david in legion if you've watched any of Legion. Okay, yeah. Uh, he was also in The Guest, which is a fantastic film. So, yeah, he is in uh, he is in Solar Opposites. He's a new voice of Corvo and doesn't even attempt to do a Justin Rowland impression. They've just changed the voice. Oh, so there's so many opportunities for him to go, why do you sound like that? No, no, like they explain it at the very beginning of the first episode and... They say, uh, yeah, th this is his voice now, and uh, they, they use a voice changer, Ray, and they say um, the Ray had chronotons in it, so this is what I'm going to sound like in flashbacks as well. 
that's it never mentioned again and it just it works it works so well that after a couple of episodes you forget that the voice is even different it if anything i feel like it suits the character better and i've really enjoyed this season so far uh there's a, a great story unfolding in the wall which i always love the wall segments of the show i need to start watching it so i've not watched it yet one thing i did watch and i wasn't expecting it to be fair I was kind of like bored, so I was just scrolling through Netflix, and you know, on the like popular shows bit, yeah, was Ginny and Georgia, okay, on Netflix, and I was like, ah, oh, this will just be some shit TV that I can just fall asleep, just no- do you know, just noise, yeah. Oh, it's so much darker than it makes out, like. It's this southern mom moves to like a posh town and starts tries to become like a soccer mom essentially with her kids. Look like the whole show is so much darker than it lets on. Like there's warnings after the show of like if you if you if you have experienced this or know someone who has, please call. Do you know that sort of Yeah, yeah. So I was I was I was quite taken back and there's a, so there's two seasons out and there's another season coming. And after the second season, I'm very excited for the third season. Okay. It's very um Dexterish. Okay, yeah. I love Dexter. I, I'd say you wouldn't expect it. You'd yeah. think it's just like a tea like chick flick. But it's really not. Okay. I mean, in that kind of vein, I watched a show on Amazon. I think it was called The Horrors of Dolores Ranch. Okay. and Definitely does not sound like a chick flick. It is a... It's like an updated telling of Sweeney Todd, basically. Okay. So, woman comes back to her hometown uh, and she starts a massage business rather than uh, a hairdresser's barbers, oh, uh... and it is underneath an empanada shop instead of a pie shop. Uh, okay, and they keep... she's killing people, and then they cook them in the empanadas. Uh... And it is a really, really great show. I I thoroughly enjoyed watching that. Um, have you ever so... on the same note? Did you think it was going to be shit? I I didn't expect it to be as good as it was. Um, but I mean, on the same note, is in it being like kind of bloody and dexterish. Okay, yeah. Um, the the other big geeky release, the other big nerdy release that we've not discussed is Good Omens. Have you watched series three of Good Omens? No, I think I've watched like season one, and I just didn't carry on. Uh, it's not sorry, season two of Good Omens, not three. I think I watched like part of season two, one or all of season one and just didn't carry on. Well, season two has just come out. It's so good. It is so effortlessly cool. Like, how are we meant to do a nerdy podcast together when you're not watching any of the things, Ben? <laughs> you've not watched Witcher. You've not watched Good Omens. Like, these are my main things we should be talking about. No, good... I'm talk, talk, talking about like Vampire Diaries. That's nerdy <laughs> from 2008. Yeah, it's old. <laughs> it's 2008 um... nerdy. But yeah, it, it it is it is effortlessly cool, and David Tennant and uh, Michael Sheen have such good chemistry. 
John Hamm was in Series 1, but he's a much bigger part of Series 2 uh, and and also just has has such presence and is, is really funny. And the show as a whole, like, that they have... They have taken and built on series one in such a great way, and the the you see a lot more of the relationship between uh, Crowley the demon and Aziraphale the angel that you didn't see in series one. I mean, beginning of series one, you see a few clips of them from history, but in this series, pretty much every episode has two stories going on, and one is the modern day what they're up to now, and then. The B plot is always when they were sat like on top of Wall of the Garden of Eden. Yeah, I remember that bit. So then, the, the B plot in every episode is something from uh, history or a biblical story told from their point of view, and it, it it's really interesting and really develops their relationship. Uh, but uh, also, I don't want to give spoilers because it, it's it's fairly new. All I can remember is all, the, yeah, the devil's but... spawn was born. Yeah, so that's what series one was about, preventing the on, apocalypse. On it? So, it, what's it? What's it end on? Just well, it ends remember. with the series one ends with with them preventing the apocalypse, because it does really interesting things with like your perceptions of good and evil, and yeah. and the the, the the benefit of having shades of grey. So, as I say, this is an angel and a demon, but the angel is willing to to bend and break the rules more than you would expect an angel to, and the demon is willing to to act selflessly more than you would expect him to, and they both just kind of slip out of their roles slightly, just towards the centre. Whereas the, the 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 rest of heaven and hell are so steadfast in their belief that they have to stick to their like appointed roles that they want the apocalypse to happen basically because it is like predetermined to happen. It's it's part of the ineffable plan. Whereas Crowley and Azeraphael want to prevent it because they just happen to quite like living on Earth and want to continue to do so. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the, the story develops in a really great way. It ends with a great little tease for what could come in Season 3, if Season 3 happens. I don't think it's been officially announced, but I would be surprised so has if it, it doesn't. Has it just come out of Season 2? Uh, yeah, but they dropped a whole lot at once. Uh, but you've already watched it. Yeah. It's that good. Look, I, I've been waiting for this for four years. It is. It's a great story. Like the original story, it's Neil Gaiman, but the original story was written by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. I, I've read the book as well. Does have like a bit of a Terry Pratchett feel? Yeah. So season one was written by the two of them uh, together. I've read the book as well. The book's fantastic. But obviously, Terry Pratchett is no longer with us, so he didn't write season two, but it is based on conversations that him and Neil Gaiman had had. So some of his ideas are still in there because they had been discussing writing a sequel to the book before he died. If you've not watched Good Omens yet, it is... Neil Gaiman, though, has just done some amazing stuff. Like, he did all of Lucifer, didn't he? Yeah, Neil Gaiman wrote wrote Lucifer, the comic book, um, because Lucifer, the comic book, is a spin-off from the Sandman comic book. Uh, 
he he had, I believe, he- heavy involvement in the Sandman TV show. He had some involvement, not as heavy, in Lucifer the TV show. Lucifer the TV show is very different to Lucifer the comic book, as you can probably imagine if you've watched Sandman. He also wrote Stardust, if you remember that. He, he did. He wrote Stardust. He wrote... Um, Which is an amazing film. He wrote American Gods, if you watched American Gods, and that was that was so much better than it ever got credit for. I've not finished it. I started it. But he is... He, he's... I think, because first season of American Gods is probably the worst season, isn't it? I don't know. I, I it, honestly it gets, I enjoyed it. Gets all a, of it. it gets a lot better after that though. It it gets I've heard. it gets weirder. If I anything, it, yeah. it gets weirder. It is a very weird show, but that's one of the things I liked about it. But he's he he's wrote episodes of Doctor Who. He he's he's just he's had his finger in so many pies. He he's no, really, no one can buy them. He he is like nerd royalty. He's clearly like from his work. He's very interested interested in fantasy and mythology, and especially like religious mythology. And that's something that interests me as well. So I always tend to to gravitate towards his works. Uh, I've also I've listened to an audio. The atheist is interested in religious mythology. Yeah, how ironic! Why? Like there are interesting stories. Oh no! I'm not saying they're not. I love religious yeah. mythology, but it's just—it's just ironic, isn't it? Um, but I, I've listened to an audio book of his as well. That is—I uh, think it's just called Norse Mythology or Norse Myths. Uh, that is just him, him recounting the different stories of Norse mythology, which you that's know, cool. It, I bet that's a really good podcast. Uh, yeah, well, it's it's an audio book, but yeah, audio book, so but basically, yeah. Same thing, it's just longer, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. As he watched as he listened to some of our podcasts, the crew are wrong. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's the main things that I've I've watched. But I, there are other bits here and there because obviously, like I said, it's been so long since we've discussed just what we've been watching. Um also in the intervening time, I've been talking about getting a PS5 for ages. I now have a PS5. What the so, I've been able to catch up on some of the games uh, that I've not been able to play up to now. We are we are planning on doing another gaming spectacular episode at some point this year if we can fit it in. If not, it might have to be the beginning of next year because there's a lot yeah. coming up we need to talk about. We're also planning on doing a stream of Baldur's Gate co-op. When hopefully, you get hopefully at some in, point, once like it's out on the PS5 and I get it. Um, um, but, but honestly, just just for me to reiterate, and like I am not overselling it here. I'm not. It is the best game that I have ever played in my life. What, better than Sonic the Hedgehog two. Yes. Wow. <laughs> better than The Witcher. Better than any of the Assassin's Creed. Oh, I, I just... bought I bought The Witcher three for the PS five. By the way. Oh my god, you're gonna love it. I've not played it's, it yet because I'm. It's incredible. I'm currently playing Deathloop because it's on PlayStation Plus and it's yeah. leaving PlayStation Plus on the 19th of September, and I'm away for two weeks before that, so I want to finish it. I'm, so I'm I'm trying to finish it as quick as I can. So I'm just focusing on that one game at the minute. Uh, but Deathloop's fantastic, and I will talk about that more on our gaming episode. Uh, but if you've got a PS5 and you've got PlayStation Plus, and you want a good game to play, 
play Deathloop. It's it's like it's a first person shooter mixed with Groundhog Day. I remember, I think I remember you telling me about that, and it does sound really cool. Um, but yeah, it, if that's all we've got to talk about for this episode, do you want to take us out? Yes, I'd reiterate: play Baldur's Gate. You'll lose half of your life because that's all I've done for the past three weeks. And uh, and we'll we'll get Henry Cavill on and we'll talk to him about playing Baldur's Gate because you know that guy's played Baldur's Gate. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. If if Henry Cavill hasn't played Baldur's Gate, then well, like, I, I bet he's using his striking time wisely to complete Baldur's Gate. <laughs> it was it was Henry Cavill I... that orchestrated the strikes just so he could play Baldur's Gate. Yeah, I bet he's. I bet he's min-maxing all his characters. <laughs> okay, so that is it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. If you want to get in touch, you can email notnpod at gmail.com or messages on Twitter, now known as X, fucking Elon Musk, at News of the Nerd, also Instagram and Facebook. Obviously, the best thing oh, you can do for... Well, I should also mention, I've not actually told you this yet. I did set us up a YouTube account. Oh, thanks uh, for telling me. But if you follow us on, on Facebook and Instagram already, then you don't need to follow us on YouTube because I'm only posting the same shorts. But we have a YouTube account, at News of the Nerd. <laughs> it's not even at on there, is it? Just News of the Nerd. Anyway, before I so rudely interrupted... Um, obviously, the best thing you could do for us, though, is subscribe, rate um, on your chosen podcast app of choice. Tell your friends, tell any of nerds that you know, anyone that might want to listen. Don't tell Henry Cavill's mum because she's on strike too, so just tell your mum instead. Um, but apart from that, that is it from me. And, and that is it from me. I would love if someone listening just know Henry Cavill and and he's like you should listen to this podcast I think you'd be into it <laughs> like honestly just if someone's if someone was just like you should listen to this they talk about you all the time yeah it is it is our our main ambition is to get Henry Cavill on maybe we should just go even to... even just Henry Cavill to like my Instagram photo maybe I'd be happy we uh we should just go to a comic con that he's at and get him to record a quick Honestly, I'd do it, but the only one he's going to go to is going to be San Diego. That, that's true. He's too big of a name to go to, like, the Yorkshire Comic Con or something, isn't he? <laughs> Pasadena. <laughs> well, looks like we're going to Comic Con. Thank you for today's episode and goodbye. Yeah, if you want to donate to our GoFundMe. <laughs> <laughs> in all serious, give us money, please. <laughs>